few weeks ago, I was lying on the floor of my office pretending to meditate with tears running down my face. I wasn't actually meditating. Really, I was just escaping the persistent feelings of overwhelm, dread, and paralysis that I'd been experiencing for days. I knew something was up. And that's when I decided to get to the bottom of this, to find out why I was so burned out. Welcome to Think About This. I'm Alexis Dean, and I am so glad you're here. For years, I've been building a community to support high-performing, high-impact, wildly generous women entrepreneurs. Yet over the past couple of months, I've had dozens of conversations with entrepreneurs who are feeling completely burned out or on the verge of burnout, just like me. It's something we're thinking about, but we're not talking about it. So many of us have been at what Brene Brown describes as surge capacity for months and months on end. And whether or not your business is succeeding, you're likely feeling the mental and emotional effects of the pandemic too. Burnout has been described as an epidemic of our times. So this season, listen in as I pull back the curtain and talk to experts who can help entrepreneurs like you and I to better understand burnout and stress cycles and improve our mental wellness so that we can continue to live our big dreams and build impactful legacies. I hope that sharing my journey will show you that you too can give yourself permission to raise your hand And if this is the case for you, to say, I'm not okay, and ask for the help you need. On this episode, we're talking about how to recognize entrepreneurial burnout and start to treat it. In hard times in my life, I've relied on the words of woman writers like Pema Chodron, Cheryl Strayed, Maya Angelou, Elizabeth Gilbert, and Glennon Doyle. Their work has impacted my life and given me wisdom, relief, reflection, and so much more when I needed it most. For about two years after I heard a reading from Pema Chodron at a 10-day silent meditation retreat in the jungle in Thailand, I carried around one of her books, opening it up to read it and reread it, from my back deck to my desk, from coffee shops to trains to planes, and just about everywhere else. It went everywhere with me. The book is called When Things Fall Apart, Hard Advice for Hard Times. And it's written by Pema, who is the first American woman to become a fully ordained Buddhist nun in the Tibetan tradition. That might sound a little intimidating, but I love this book because Pema is not only a Buddhist nun, but she is also a mom and an ex-wife, I think twice over, and just a very relatable human being who has some really wonderful advice. And it also doesn't feel like self-help. It just feels like a really positive reflection. So before we jump into today's conversation with my therapist, Andrika Rook, I wanted to share one of my favorite insights from Pema Chodron. These days, I am back to carrying her book with me, and this is a passage that I reread often. I think it's a great guide for how to approach healing, whether it's from burnout or from anything else. Things falling apart is a kind of testing and also a kind of healing. We think that the point is to pass the test or to overcome the problem. But the truth is that things don't really get solved. They come together and they fall apart. Then they come together again and they fall apart again. It's just like that. The healing comes from letting there be room for all of this to happen. Room for grief, for relief, for misery, and for joy. And that is Pema Chodron from When Things Fall Apart, Hard advice for difficult times. So by the end of today's episode, you will know how to recognize burnout versus stress, the difference between technical and adaptive coping skills, how to get to the mental gym and what that even means, 
what managing your mindset might look like for you, how to set boundaries around productivity for ourselves and our team members and why that is so important, how to reflect on your value sets and recognize whether it's time to realign them, and more. Let's dive in. So I am here today with my therapist, Andrika Rook, and once again, I wish that I hit record five minutes ago because we were uh, just talking behind the scenes about how much fun it would be to get everyone's therapist together <laughs> to have a big chat with each other. I think it'd be enlightening. Anyways, welcome, Andrika. Oh, thanks so much. I am so glad that you're here, and uh, this is a whole new experience for me, so I want to kick us off by having you introduce yourself and uh, tell us who you are, where you're from and where you work. And uh, let's just start there. My name is Andrika Rook and I'm a registered psychotherapist. Um, I work at Shift Collab and um, my specialty is working with high performers. And um, I work with a lot of individuals, be it from like C-class executives to high performers in almost every field. Um, who um, experience levels of stress, who are have very demanding jobs and are also trying to balance it all in their lives, right? So have um, family life, have work life, and also have a lot of responsibilities to other people. So like, especially now during the pandemic, um, definitely been working a lot with stress and, and burnout. So I think it's a really good topic that you're bringing in. Um, I also specialize in, in working with athletes. I work with a lot of professional athletes and um, I work with people who have chronic pain as well. So a lot of times um, things like pain are invisible. People can't see that and we have to perform. For example, we have to, um, you know, meet goals, get out there. We have to do, and we may have, sometimes we're not necessarily have a cast on. So people can't see, oh, you have a physical pain this way. So I work with a lot of athletes um, trying to manage that as well. So high performers and athletes and people with chronic pain. And there are so many commonalities, I'm sure, between all of those groups and one of the things that you and I, Andrew, have talked about in my therapy is just the need for myself and I know for other entrepreneurs to kind of wear that mask so that we're not showing our pain to the world all the time. And normally we're not getting on podcasts like this and saying mm -hmm. as we're in it, you know, I am feeling a level of stress that is causing some dysfunction or I am potentially burnt out or really opening up because there are other parties involved. We pay people salaries. We have mm -hmm. board members, you know, we have investors. Mm -hmm. There, there are so many other people that we, um, that are counting on us. And so it prevents us from opening up. So I think it's so important, uh, for all those folks that you just mentioned and, you know, for all of the women in our community as well to have the support of a professional like you. So I'm so glad mm -hmm. you're here to talk and I'm so glad that, uh, I know a number of the women from the DuckTales community come to you for support, um, for therapy, because it's, it's, I think it's just about essential right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. And we will get into a little bit about why. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you actually say something really important there. I think that um, a lot of time, um, times we have, you know, when we think about trying to address something like burnout or exhaustion or stress, we have these um 
technical solutions that we're going for, that we're looking for. We're like, tell me what to do, sort of like you're saying, like, let's get to it. Let's get into sort of like solutions focus. But I think that there are two aspects of it. Like there are some technical solutions, yes, but there are also some adaptive solutions that we have to take a look at our own behavior and say, well, what have I been doing to this point? Like, how have I been managing? And a lot of times that is, those have been adaptive for some part of our lives or through some say season, you know, like we're, we're getting by, we're getting through and we're doing that just to survive. And then they become maladaptive. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's sometimes we, we, we realize this sometimes too late or when we're feeling a lot of stress or if we're experiencing say symptoms of exhaustion, physical, emotional burnout, however you want to call it, that, that we have to take a look at the adaptive part of it and say, I get it. Once it was adaptive, maybe now it's maladaptive and I have to learn some new coping skills and some new skills for myself to help me sort of manage this. And I think, um, you know, like anything, like we see in the physical world, technically, like everything, like a, a battery, for example, you, you're going to run out of battery at some point, like everything runs out of a battery, we need to recharge, we need to take a look at that and say, like, why are we looking at ourselves with this, like, endless source of, like, energy, like, we're, we need to reevaluate and to, to recharge, Right. So I think that it's a really important topic that you're bringing in here. Yeah. You know? And I think like before we even get to like, how the heck do you recharge? Because <laughs> we've talked mm. a lot about that in the past few weeks, just mm. you and I. And then also, you know, that's been a conversation in our community. But like, how do you even know if it's really bad? Like a common a common theme that I have in speaking with other entrepreneurs is like, we're really good at just powering on through, right? Like mm. things can be hard and we're like, but we're resilient. And, you know, there are challenges that come up and it's like, but we can pivot. And like, and I, you know, many of us have just been pivoting all year round. We're turning into ballerinas um, <laughs> during COVID. And so how do we know when it gets past the point of like, okay, this is healthy stress and we're motivated people and we can overcome this and we're fine. And you know, mm -hmm. just keep getting up at 5am and powering through like how what is the point at which we should really be like, we need to deal with this. Like, where, where's the um, line? I'm going to um, bring in an example of a client um, that specifically came to me uh, with this as a high performer entrepreneur. And basically, the what the indicator was, for this individual was extreme exhaustion, physical and emotional fatigue. Like uh, this individual is used to doing the 5 a.m., getting up, writing, et cetera. And the lack of energy was, was a big indicator, right? So like a lot of our work now is around moving into treatment, sort of like how do I identify like what it is what it feels like, what does, what are potentially some symptoms and what to watch out for. But I think the exhaustion is, is definitely a first source that you can look at. Like what, it, what, 
what are you feeling emotionally, physically? Are you drained? Do you feel like you just can't give anymore? Are you actually disinterested? You know, are you, are, are you not, for example, connecting with friends, social networks? Are you not connecting with your partner? Like, are you, is your sex life not happening? Right. Like, like a lot of things are, are a lot of ripple effects, right. From when you have this kind of physical and emotional exhaustion. And, and sometimes it can also feel like reduced accomplishment, feelings of reduced accomplishment. Like I need to just keep working more and more to try to, to, to attain that. Right. So what happens is you start spreading yourself really thin. You're kind of, you're doing everything like you would be doing like this particular individual, you know, meeting her board members, for example, uh, getting on calls and, and meeting all the requirements, but the actual quality of the work that was happening was not at her best she she definitely was feeling that and came to me saying like i'm feeling so stretched i'm meeting this but i'm not even interested so much in it you know and then on top of that lack of sleep maybe even lack of boundaries from like certain parts of work where you know receiving emails late at night or getting up at three four in the morning to answer them or trying to go out even now that we can go to baseball games uh, that was one indicator for hers at the baseball game and still doing emails right like this endless sense of like i'm on i need to be on i need to take this on and i think there are a lot of layers to that too but it's really not knowing when to pause and feeling like you have to go 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 so this person that i'm bringing in is just stretched on all levels and, and emotionally exhausted I'd say you know really upset um, and, and um, finding it hard to concentrate so there were all these indicators right lack of connection with a partner for example that I was bringing in there so I think we have to really begin to watch for those indicators like I think that's a big piece of the education around burnout it's like how do we empower ourselves with knowing like uh-huh okay like this does not feel right like this does not feel good for me and to when to actually um, learn how to say, okay, maybe I need to actually pause right now and take a look at what's happening and take stock, right? Which is what she did saying, like, that was what our session was about. Like, tell me all the things that are going on in your life and, and how many hats you're wearing mm -hmm. and, and, and when do you actually get to take one off and just be yourself? Yeah, I think it's, that's massive. And like, I, I've often heard from others and I've heard out of my own mouth, I can't take any of those hats off. I have to do all those things. That's mm -hmm. how we're keeping the wheels on the business. That's how we're keeping the wheels on the family. That's how things are still moving forward. And if I take off any of those hats, it's all going to fall apart. And then I'm going to be in more state. And mm -hmm. I think that's like, so important to recognize like when we really need to pause and look at these indicators because it can get pretty serious. Right. I mean, I guess like the big question that's come up is really like, at what point do you really have to pause or is it just like stress and it's going to ease up in a week? Like, is it a certain amount of time that you're watching all of these indicators? Is it mm -hmm. having like a few of these indicators showing up and then and then not reducing over a period of time or is there a line there again like well, I think, yeah <laughs> i think that's a great question i think it's a great yeah. question like because for this client in particular that i'm bringing in it was a physical exhaustion which was almost dangerous i mean going on lack of sleep um lack of for example even like healthy eating habits things were slipping and um it was physical exhaustion where she could no longer function Mm -hmm. at this level i mean even when, when when i would you know like see her she looked really tired and it was not it was not healthy so i think like that is very very important in all of this is to recognize that it can get dangerous like you you know you could be 
you know, you may have to just lie in bed, right? Like, or you just have no choice. I mean, you are just exhausted and you just can't even get to the work, can't even get to your responsibilities. It can have some very serious, like physical um, tolls that you can take on your body. So I think that that would be like a, a very, very important indicator to watch for. How are you feeling? And then in this particular case, you know, reaching out to a therapist, for example, to maybe get into the mental gym of it all, right? Like what is really happening here for me? I mean, she was even trying to get, still go to the gym, for example. I said, okay, well, let's get into the mental gym here and let's take a look at what's happening here and give yourself some space to unpack it all. Yeah. I mean, it's so important. And I think like for me, the, one of the things that you and I have been working on and, and as I shared in our first episode of the series is I just had a point where I felt like I couldn't get off the couch and like, I was mm -hmm. like, am I depressed? Like what is wrong with me? And it wasn't like a super long time. It was a few days, but I just felt like absolute garbage. I was like, do I have a flu? Like, is this COVID? What the heck is going on? Like, and I had been kind of like slowly getting closer and closer to that point. I felt like, and just kept pushing through and just kept pivoting and just kept going and just, you know, get up and go for a run and like, make yourself figure it out. And, and I kind of just got to a point where I was like, I can't, and I hate saying I can't, that's like a word I don't believe in, <laughs> but like, mm -hmm. I just, yeah, that lethargy. Um, and the right, what you're saying though, no, sorry. I didn't yeah. No. Yeah. The, the disinterest, like I, for me, it was like, okay, is this a temporary thing? And does that mean it's not burnout or is it just as bad? Or is that like an early indicator? Like a few days of that is like, okay, let's hit reset or, again, just trying to help people like see like when we start to feel this way, at what point do we have to actually be worried about it? Mm -hmm. We don't want to get it so bad that we're like lying on the couch or for me, it's the floor of my office. You know? mm -hmm. <laughs> we're laying there like, okay, like when am I going to get up and, and get back to feeling good? But I think that really speaks to, you know, like the adaptive part, like the technical versus adaptive part of, of, of working with these feelings of exhaustion, if they're physical or emotional, taking a look at sort of like the values as to like, what am I doing? And, and where is my energy going? And, 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 and evaluating that. I think that's really an integral piece, like, especially like the example that I love to give is, um, you know, with the athletes that I work with. And I use this frequently in my practices that, you know, athletes and the high performing athletes, the professional athletes that I work with. I mean, I think it's important for all of us to remember that on days and off days are weighted just as equally when you're training, for example, right? Like when you're on, you're on, say you're competing for a race, you're competing for a tournament, you're competing for uh, the next game, you're preparing for off days, have just as much weight, hold just as much equal weight as on days. And frequently uh, in my world, we'll have to like actually give athletes things like Game Boys and, and like, you know, like console. So they actually physically sit on the couch and do nothing. But there's so much importance based on the rest and the muscle and, and like everything that's happening there with the rest that it's just as equally as important as the on day. And that frequently translating now in the world of entrepreneurs, like it's difficult, right? Because you can't necessarily just shut off, especially when you're thinking I'm, I'm the one who's driving the ship, like without me, I can't. So what I think it's an important piece to think about when you're looking at the sort of adaptive pieces, like what do I have set in place in my life right now that should I not be able to work tomorrow or this and that, who can help me? Am I 
have I actually asked for any help? Do I have a bit of a contingency plan in place if I'm not feeling that great? Just to ask yourself that question. It doesn't have to be with board members. It doesn't have to be with people, but like for yourself, like, do I have someone that I can actually ask for help or what is even my relationship with asking for help? Like, what's my comfort level on that? Because a lot of time clients are they're you know they learn that they are not comfortable with asking for help like they want to take it all on themselves but that's those are exactly the people that are prone to feelings of burnout that i can do it all i can do it all but also like i have a team but my team has their responsibilities so Mm -hmm. all of this other stuff is my responsibility Mm -hmm. i see that for sure and one of the things you just said you know like equally waiting in uh, rest days and training days or you know business, Mm -hmm. business days One of the things that's come up in conversations in our community with our established women entrepreneurs is they will feel burnout coming on. So they go away like in the summer, you know, people went away for a week or two weeks or a weekend or they do a spa day or something on the weekend and they're like, okay, this is going to fix it. And they come back and they feel just the same. So even mm-hmm. if they're away, like one of our ladies was like three weeks, she was away and she's like, oh, I felt like a new me and I was still doing a little bit of work, but I was just feeling so good. And she was having physical symptoms before she left, came back and she said like almost right away, right back to those physical symptoms and right back in that space of feeling like, I think this might be serious burnout. So, you know, if, if that kind of pause isn't enough, like what do we do then? And for me, like you and I have talked we're not entirely even sure that I have full burnout because (laughs) of how I'm functioning right now, but, and how I'm feeling, but like, what do you do when the break isn't, isn't helping? Is there something that you need longer break? I mean, this woman took three weeks, like that wasn't, the break was not enough. Well, I think what we're really talking about is how to manage your mindset. Mm-hmm. I think a big piece of it is managing your mindset for peak performance and, and taking a look at, at really at all the things that you're trying to juggle. And now we're talking about like, what are the stages, the six, I have six stages, for example, of like burnout recovery. Like, what does that even look like? Like first, if I'm just going to go through some of them and you tell me like, you know, like this is part of our work too, but sometimes we have to take a look and say like, is there a problem? Like, is like admitting that there's a problem? Like, yes, I I am overworked. Yes, I am overwhelmed. Yes, I am not able to handle all of this right now. My emotions are running high or are just actually like reaching out and saying like, yeah, like something is going on for me. I think like that's a, a big part of this. And, and, and it's hard to do. That takes a tremendous amount of courage when you're an entrepreneur right? That takes a lot of courage to say like, I'm struggling. I'm not feeling at my best. Mm -hmm. I may need some help. All of those combined take such an amount of courage, but that's such a, that's such a big step, right? To maybe admitting that we can't do it all. And as an entrepreneur, I mean, we know that one of the steps for managing sort of like feelings of burnout are like, okay, can I distance myself from work, which would be like the second step, distance yourself from work. But is that possible? You know, for example, to take sick leave, right? So it goes to my point of like, who do I have in place as maybe like my number two, right? Or my number one, number two, like do, have I even had that conversation with someone? Do I even feel comfortable with that? Right. Then we're talking about, you know, how you're saying, okay, I'm going to get away for a spa weekend and I'm going to do this and then I'm going to 
come back. Well, a lot of research shows that it sometimes takes up to a year to three years to fully recover. I think that there's this, um, you know, people think like, hey, this is one day is going to really help me. Yes, sure. I think it helps calm the nervous system. I think to your point, I think it's wonderful to be able to get away and do um, a spa day. But, you know, to really like what we're talking about also is like neuroplasticity. And we're talking about new ways for our brain to fire synapses because they're used to doing things in one way. But the way I describe neuroplasticity is like teaching yourself new ways and the synapses are firing and you say, like, aha, like here's a different way of doing something. So, and that comes as well with like restoring your health when your nervous system is so revved up, like it's going to take some time. It's going to, sometimes you have to even learn how to slow down. If that wasn't even modeled for us in our lives, in our private lives, our personal lives, we don't know how to slow down. We have to learn these skills so there you know like it it's there are many stages to even to getting to the place of saying okay like okay i'm suffering from something like i'm not feeling at my best but what is it how can i maybe slow down uh the first step i would say is yes try to get to restoring your health right number one but then i think a really important piece of it if not the most important is to sort of question your values the, your work values. What am I doing this for? What is my end goal? Do am I am I able to appreciate the small little steps that I'm taking to get to the end goal? Frequently, you know, like we have this like big goal. Everything like this is gonna I'm gonna meet this for this quarter. I'm gonna do this is gonna be the performance. But all the steps that go, you know, that you're taking along the way, are you giving yourself credit for those, or are you not? Right? Are you, is it just like a machine? Are you going, are you able to actually, you know, take a look and when you're questioning your values, are you able to replace those values with new ones? I think that's the part of um, working through burnout saying like, is that value set actually serving me right now? Like, although I may want to, you know, like the company goal is this and that, like, what, you know, am I doing for myself in that? Yeah, I think like, what am I doing for myself? How am I actually enjoying my day to day aside from like hitting our KPIs or whatever, like hitting mm -hmm. metrics or like having the project completed or making mm -hmm. a sale or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like it's like we can only enjoy when we've ticked off that checkbox of whatever productivity metric we have. And mm -hmm. I think like, you know, you and I have talked about this and uh, Megan who owns shift collab has has shared this publicly but the idea of just like enjoying without productivity can be difficult for us entrepreneurs mm -hmm. <laughs> like like megan shared a story where you know um and you and i've talked about how i'm kind of like trying to take more time for creativity and i'm like taking wednesdays well wednesday afternoons at this point but like i started making a table and like trying to do things where i'm trying to just enjoy the process and yet of course i'm like okay i finished table number one and meg did the same thing where she is like i'm gonna make pillows and she uh got into like sewing and of course like within the first 24 hours she'd made like seven or eight pillows and was considering starting an etsy shop because, because yeah. productivity, right? So <laughs> like it almost sounds ridiculous, but like how do you actually like slow it down so that productivity is not defining your worth and like so that you are actually enjoying the process of what you are 
spending so much of your life doing? Like, how, how the heck do we do that? How do I do that? Because I think that's a huge part of like my burnout is like, oh, okay, like I'm going to be satisfied when we hit this number or, you know, when our, we have this many tickets sold or, you know, this number in the bank account or whatever. And it's like the process of getting there has kind of become a little bit lost on me. Yeah. I think that there are always at least two paths before us, right? Like if we're looking at productivity, but then how much are you really enjoying it? You know, I think um, from what you shared, for sure, we get good at something like getting creative. And like you're saying, you're making a table or the pillows. And, you know, one of the ways of actually working, treating burnout is actually doing nothing like doing really small things like lying on the couch, maybe watching a show uh, that don't involve cognitive <laughs> thinking that don't have that. And that's really tough to do uh, when you're used to go and going, going and so much of that defining you. Right. But the thing is that when you really are burnt out, um, a lot of time you don't have energy to make those pillows, for example, or to be doing that table it can get really serious. Right. So a lot of times when I work with some clients who are suffering from that physical, emotional exhaustion, the answer really is to schedule days off and to really, you know, to to have to take your health really seriously. Like, I don't want to undermine that. I think a lot of us may be tired, exhausted, especially during the pandemic. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of us have employees, for example, that are listening to this who were fearing losing their jobs. Right. A lot of people were working harder and, and, and more than ever during the pandemic because fear of job loss, fear of instability. So there's that also driving. And, and um, I think it's important to recognize that we all are working hard for different reasons. But when a certain point, when you reach a certain point and you're finding that you're having a hard time finding compassion, you're having a hard time, say, empathizing with clients or you're in meetings and you just simply don't care, can't find that energy to. And, you know, you're moving from one meeting to the next, uh, feeling disconnected. That's really important to to stop and um, find some self-compassion for say like, hey, like I've been going really, really hard here. I've been accomplishing a lot, but I need to take a look at at, at what I'm feeling. And, and if I can, you know, slow things down, is it possible for me to slow things down? And how can I do it? What is my relationship with asking for help? Right. For example, a lot of people, like I was saying, it's, it's difficult to, but is it possible for me to ask for some help here? Yeah. And I think like there are maybe almost two different things, like actually hitting full on burnout where you, as you said, you're more apathetic or you're less empathetic and you just don't even have the will to make a pillow. Even if your therapist was like consider doing something that you can try to just enjoy the process of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for those who are listening, who are like, okay, well, maybe I'm not like, feeling completely emotionless or like I'm, I'm not completely so drained that I don't care anymore about the future of my business, but I feel like maybe I'm heading that way. And maybe some of my team members are heading that way because it's also a matter of like, we need people, we manage our teams and, and we can see this happening with our employees in some cases. Like, how do we head it off at the pass? I mean, aside from like, okay, take days off, like, <laughs> give your brain a rest, but like, what are some of the ways um, you know, and I can share like what you and I have talked about is like, mm-hmm. for me, it's been taking on some creative 
stuff, but not making it like project based or, or productivity based, which is so hard for me because of course I went and made a dang table and I started painting and then I, you know, decided to take on some other stuff while I was doing it. But like, what, yeah. what else can we do to not get to the point of like complete dysfunction mm-hmm. and complete burnout? Like what else could I be doing? Well, I think a lot of our work around boundaries really comes in here and, and setting boundaries, because as you're saying, even with the creative piece, it's hard to stop. It's hard to say no, right? You can just keep going and going and going. But mm-hmm. when is actually a little bit too much, right? What is your relationship with saying no, right? Because you become a yes person in other areas then, right? Like the, <laughs> like with the table making, you're just going to keep going and going, right? So what is the boundary like when do you say I need to take some time for myself here when is the time where you say no thank you I can't take on this next project what I'm going to do is actually instead of making this table just just maybe you know try to do nothing it's really difficult for entrepreneurs I want to emphasize that but what you know is happening there with your boundaries. And I think that's the piece about getting into like the mental gym, getting into talk to a therapist and saying like, why am I always saying yes to things? Or why is it difficult for me to say no to some employees when they're asking me about these issues? Or, you know, why am I always accessible? Why do some people have my phone number or texting me, for example, like I I come across this all the time where some some employers don't want to seem like you know they want to be accessible like like boundaries are a big topic that we work on and I think it's worthwhile to explore that you know with a therapist to say let's take a look at my relationship with boundaries and and what are some new values or revised values like I was saying things are adaptive at one point then they become maladaptive now I'm so accessible that I, I have a hard time saying no I think that's so important. Like when we look at the culture in our workplaces, because as leaders, if we're modeling a lack of boundaries, then that just trickles down to everyone else. And then they feel that they're expected to not have boundaries and, you know, and then that impacts them mentally as well. I'm sure. And for me, I feel like, well, I've set such a strong boundary. I live in the middle of nowhere. I'm practically in Timbuktu on a maple syrup farm. You know, like I'm not saying yes, I'm no longer going to events. Like I used to have, I felt like I had very few boundaries because I would say yes to so many events and so many different things. And now I feel like, well, I'm doing better with that, but it still feels like maybe it's just not enough. And maybe it's like, I don't know, again, this is something you and I have been talking about, but like yeah like how how do you know when the boundaries are not enough i guess it's because you're feeling the impacts of burnout or like i guess my biggest challenge is there's no checkbox list there's no like okay i've set the appropriate number of boundaries and now i'm not going to feel burnt out or like there's no set cure for this it feels like would that be correct to say like there's no like cure well i don't know about cure i think that what we're talking about are like when i was saying about the the six stages of burnout recovery the you know stage four is really about questioning your values and then we go we go into sort of exploring work possibilities that doesn't mean necessarily changing careers but that just means looking at the landscape saying what can be done differently and you can look at this strategically as well you know and 
and and do we need to make a break for some of our old values it's not necessarily a cure like if we have a broken uh, axle in our car the technical thing is to take it into the shop right and, and to get it fixed that's a technical but the more adaptive way right because there's technical and adaptive ways of looking at these solutions is how can i realign my value sets what and that's not going to be overnight either that's going to take time and i think that's what the thing was happening with the pandemic is people are realizing that they can work differently they can work just as effectively but they don't have to be present all the time physically for example at the board meeting they can be taking calls many of us are taking calls while we're walking right for example taking breaks eating a lot of clients have said to me i'm eating better now now that i'm working at home and i'm afraid to go back to the office where i know that that will slide right like what lessons can we take and apply them it's like a rejigging yeah which i feel like is very hard to do on your own like so much mm -hmm. of this reflection like these conversations at least for you and i have it feels like they've been happening for months <laughs> like it's not mm -hmm. a it's not a seven steps listen to the podcast go home execute you're done mm -hmm. burnout is fixed mm -hmm. or you will not find yourself there mm -hmm. so would you say um is there a, a material, a book, anything that you would say could that could replace therapy in this situation? Or would you say like the best way to move through this, the best way to reevaluate those values is via therapy? <laughs> well, I would definitely say to, to reach out to a therapist for it, because I think that, you know, I can give you book recommendations, but I think that the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual elements, and when I say spiritual those that's also connected to our value sets that can be explored in depth in therapy at um, a pace a different pace that you may just sort of like gobble up the information when you're reading a book mm -hmm. like when we really dedicate some time to just slow things down in therapy for example the way we do and to give yourself that space to say like hmm, where am i how am i feeling like where is my heart in this you know, how am I feeling emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritual on all those levels? I would recommend that. That's where I see a lot of success with yeah. my clients. And even just like a couple of calls that we have had since I started to feel the way that I was feeling a few weeks ago have helped enormously. And we only talk for an hour when we talk, but it's, it's been transformative. So I am not affiliated with Shift Collab mm. uh, or, you know, affiliated in any financial way with Andrika, but I felt like working with you has been enormously helpful throughout COVID and prior to COVID. And uh, it's just helped me to, uh, I don't want to say keep my wits about me, but like move through all of these challenges in a way where I still feel hopeful, even mm -hmm. though, you know, there were a few days that were pretty bad this month, this past month. I still had that hope that like, there are people who I can turn to that not only is in my community, but there is a professional on the other end of the phone or on zoom that, you know, knows me, knows my life and, and is there to help and is there to listen and is there to ask really good questions and made a huge difference. Thank you so much for being here and thank you for being my therapist. Thank you so much for having me, Alexis. You know, I, I love your vulnerability you know, here it's been, it's been wonderful to guide you on this journey. I think it is a journey for all of us. And I think we can learn a lot from our pain, you know, that the opportunity that life affords us through this experience of burnout to learn from our pain, 
you know, and to transform us in new ways. I think that that's so, it's so beautiful. And I, and I, and I can see that for you. Um, and I think even though sometimes it's hard for us to see that hope in moments, a therapist can hold that hope for you. Thank you, Alexis. I've got to be honest, <laughs> listening back on today's episode, I didn't completely love the conversation. And in hindsight, I realized I really don't always love my conversations with my therapist. And it's not because she's not wonderful. Andrika is. She is a total pro. It's just that sometimes these conversations push my buttons. And sometimes I realize things about myself that I don't like, like how hard I am on myself. And sometimes, like today, I realize how hard I am pushing for an easy out. I want the easy answer. I want a five-step process that I can follow and just hit that big red easy button like in the old Staples ad if you have that wherever you are. But you and I both know that, unfortunately, this isn't how burnout recovery works. Listening back to the episode, I realized I'm almost 100% just looking for those technical solutions. If I just wake up at 5 a.m., do a workout, meditate, run, and journal, I will be fixed, right? But as Andrika shared, we've got to look at our adaptive solutions. How have I adapted my behavior? How have I been managing my stress in ways that might just be maladaptive? The things that I did just to get through this season of my life, like pushing and pushing and pushing some more, definitely became maladaptive. And it's those behaviors that caused me to experience burnout and so today I want to invite you to think about a few important things things that I'm thinking about too how have you adapted to stress how have your adaptations potentially become maladaptive and most importantly how can you and I give ourselves grace when we examine the ways that we have been adapting secondly how are you completely recharging your battery Self-care doesn't always look like a trip to the spa or a nap. So what genuinely recharges you? For me, it's doing activities that are not necessarily tied to productivity, that don't have an end goal in sight. I love those things too, but I'm learning to enjoy just painting for the sake of painting, even if I don't finish the painting. Third, how have you equated productivity with self-worth? I see this so often with entrepreneurs, especially on social media, where it feels almost like a competition, often with ourselves, where we're saying, how much can I possibly do in a day from running a marathon before 6 a.m. to doing 75 hard hashtag to working from 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. and still somehow making time to go to a social outing where you're just happening to be with mostly business contacts. And, you know, it's just one more checkbox item on your productivity list. And if you're not quote unquote productive, do you see yourself as less valuable or less worthy? How might you reframe downtime, creative time, and opportunities to really recharge your battery? Fourth, who is in your corner and who supports you? Oftentimes as entrepreneurs, we are so busy supporting everyone around us that we fail to ask for help in the most important ways, especially when it comes to our mental health. So today I invite you to sit down with the journal, set a timer if it helps you stay focused, And make a list of all the support people in your life and the way that they support you. From your friends, to your family, to your therapist, key team members, and your community. I did this exercise and it was such a healthy reminder that I am not alone in all of this. And I have so many people to turn to. Lastly, what are your core values? Is it time to re-examine them and take a hard look at what really matters to you and your family? 
and how you're making decisions to prioritize these values in your life. Before I sign off today, I want to let you know that there's a link to Shift Collab in the show notes. It is an incredible therapy practice with 75 therapists to choose from, practicing online via Zoom or on the phone. I am not affiliated. I am not making any money from Shift Collab. And I really don't have any reason to share aside from the fact that I know that therapy works. It has worked for me and I have faith that it would work for you as well if it's something you're interested in. I should let you know that the practice is owned by a Dovetail community member who I love and trust. I'm not affiliated, but I really think you should reach out to them. Check out their website and reach out today to connect with a therapist if you don't have one already. Join me on next week's episode when we'll dive into some of the ways that we adapt or maladapt to stress, starting with food. If eating or not eating is one of the ways that you handle stress or any other big emotions, you'll want to listen in to my conversation with high-performance nutritionist Irene Pace. See you next time.